Ah, oh, yes, and we've just gone live. Um, I'm just going to check on my page to make sure that we have gone live there. And I've got to change my setting to public. So excuse me one second. There we go. Yep. And edit privacy. Public. Done. Yes. And then I'm just going to share that to my other main page. Right. Guys, welcome, everyone. We're going to just wait for some numbers to jump up there. Really good to see uh, Alejandro and Elena. Yes. And I tell you what, we, we have a, oof, amazing, amazing show tonight. I'm so excited. I, I think, um, Elena and Alejandro, I think this might go on to about two hours. Are you guys okay if it does? Yes. <laughs> yes, we'll be great. I don't want to miss any part of this. Um, we're just jumping up the numbers. We've got nearly 200 people that are just jumping on now. Get those numbers bumping up a little bit. Um, beautiful balmy night here in Bali. If you hear lots of frogs behind me, it's because I've got about three square miles of um, lotus ponds behind me. Mm. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. What's the time with you guys in in um, in Florida? It's nine in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's ten p.m. here at night, and we're what three days away from from a massive calendric shift, which I'm so excited about. This twenty first of uh, December. Um, I don't know if we've discussed this much, um, but really, the the significance of it cannot be overstated. The more we've been looking into it and understanding it, it's really the, it's really the start. If if you want, if 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 the if the age of Aquarius was going to actually touch down, it's mm -hmm. this week. It's happening in about three to four days. That's when the age of Aquarius kind of locks and loads with the Earth plane, um, and we're kind of fully in it. So this is that's kind of the axis uh, point, and then looking at what's happening in the United States with uh, uh, the whole political landscape and this insane business with the electoral fraud, the ballot fraud and these uh, bizarre puppets uh, on stage. It's like a breakdown of archetypes, the breakdown of all the projections of billions of humans, kind mm -hmm. of old Atlantean models of reality that we've been projecting into the field, the need to, to be governed, you know, the need for governments. Who dreamt that shit up? I didn't dream. That wasn't part of my dream. That was no part of my dream. Religion? That was no part of my dream. I don't know where I come from, but we don't do religion and we don't do government where I come from. <laughs> and and I, have a, I have a feeling that so many of the blessed beings that we're going to be um, revealing tonight in our beautiful, you know, schematics also don't do religion and don't do government. I'm insisting on that mm -hmm. but i just I, what i'd like to know is is it possible to deploy your amazing technology to um understanding the frequency that that beings permit things like governments and religions to organize them is there a threshold is it like a 200 is it 185 what it would be very interesting to try and define what mm. frequency bandwidth it is that a, a species sits in, in order to feel so lost within their own auto determination that they need to manif manifest uh, 
false systems and structures and what have you. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Totally. It does. That will be something definitely very interesting to look into. Yes. And I wonder, I mean, what other kind of things do you think as we progress? I know that you're going to be announcing things tonight that you didn't think were possible, right? Mm -hmm. You're yeah. going to be announcing things tonight for the first time um, mm -hmm. using this uh, scale of consciousness stuff mm -hmm. that you didn't believe possible until until this this last week. It's that yeah. it's that radical, right? Do you want to Absolutely. touch on that a little bit whilst we tease the audience? We're nearly 600 people. We're going to get to 1,000, then we're going to start the show. Of course, yeah. So the scale of consciousness that a lot of us, uh, that our work references is Dr. Hawkins' scale of consciousness. That's the only thing we use as a reference. And it applies to human experience. Now, what we recognize and actually will explore with all of you today is the scale of consciousness does not apply to other galactic beings because the frequencies supersede and exceed the frequencies of human experiences. Yes. So it actually made us realize reading this and preparing for today's episode and reconfirm the quantum physics and quantum mechanics of the universe, which is the fractal patterns that exist. And the universe is not linear, but it is fractal. So awareness builds on awareness and we'll go into those huge incredible frequencies and it's really exciting mm -hmm. and so just just throwing up the slide um that i created here based on your on your slide um is uh, that that pretty much describes it right so this describes the human experience right in our reality but we're going beyond that so we actually a lot of these frequencies we're not sure yet what they mean but they're just so drastically different than the human experience so much higher yes. so much higher yes Okay, and some pretty low. And some pretty low. <laughs> it's like, yeah, those are the ones you, you really don't want to tangle with. Okay, so we're making some good progress here. We're heading up for 700 people. I think what we might do is start the readings because I have a feeling uh, we've got quite a long uh, show ahead of us. And I'm just going to open up the comments section here and just read some of the comments coming in just to do some respect give some respect to our i'm getting hit bitten by mosquitoes forgive me this is uh, what happens in the tropics um thank you claire loves the sounds of frogs well i do not i tell you what it keeps me awake at night so we've got south africa we've got leah mattinson from canada my beloved um we've got leah, romania more from canada lots from canada wow very cool united kingdom rainy uk guys i do not I, I, I seriously feel for you. Hello from France, Colorado. Yeah, beautiful. Good afternoon from Israel, from Leah. Paul Millinder, one of the greatest legal brains on the face of the earth. Hello, Paul. I'm assuming you're, you're watching from Asia with your beautiful new bride. Uh, Laurie Malone's with us, very dear friend. Oh, this is beautiful. We got so many people from around the world. Sweden, North Carolina. Yeah, American Heartland, Scotland. Oh, hey, the new. Well, I could tell you what the new is. The new is time for aliens and star seeds. That means, oh, hey, the new is what's what's the time in, in Scottish. Um, and the time is aliens and star seeds part two. Um, don't lie. You do not come from Antarctica and the inner earth. You're just lying, okay? <laughs> Someone on, on the thread. <laughs> More people from Berkshire, UK, and France. Okay, this is gorgeous. Right, guys, I'm gonna jump in now. Um, numbers are up beautifully. I've, I'm producing the show from here. I've got Sovereign sitting in the background, Debbie sitting in the foreground, um, and we're gonna begin. So, folks, get ready for this. Uh, let's just quickly, let's quickly 
um, revisit, very quickly revisit last week's show, just to give you all some background context, okay? We're gonna just literally run through very quickly um, the, 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 the frequency, soul frequency readings mm -hmm. that Alejandro and Elena did um, last week, okay? We, we started with the, the Anunnaki, and as you can see in the top left or right-hand corner, that number there is the median um, generic frequency or frequency of those star, that star species. So the Anunnaki was 310. And it, just one line to describe each of these, Elena and Alejandro, what wow. is 310? What is that in the scheme of things? Yeah, 310 is a frequency of willingness. So this is a willingness to participate in uh, the game of, I guess, life. And, okay, let's move to the Syrian. Syrians are at the frequency of neutrality. Neutrality begins at 250, and it approaches willingness. So they're in the, in the process of approaching willingness. Okay, good. We also did the Orions, and this is 50, which is not that sexy. <laughs> 50 <laughs> is a frequency of apathy. Again, anything below 200 frequency has to do with the illusion of separation from the collective and from your inner self. Okay, good. Um, Pleiadians, our favorites, one of our favorites. Mm -hmm. They're enlightened, mm -hmm. enlightened beings. Andromedan. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Cita reticulum. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> 20. <laughs> 20, that's the level of shame. Mm. Yes. So if these, guys are, if these guys are kind of bioengineered servant class runners, couriers, abductors for the Draco reptilians, for other um, more intelligent species, that they would have just been biologically hybridized and bred just to be able to fulfill primal functions, right? And do and not have empathy or compassion in so doing, right? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Um, Andromedans 475. That's the level of reason and high intellect. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the Arcturians might be mm, Arcturians. That's uh, 900, the level of enlightenment that begins at, at 700. And for the human experience, goes all the way up to 1,000. So last week, we thought that the Arcturians were the ceiling, that we'd hit the threshold, the highest ceiling, right? In resonance. That's what we thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. How wrong we were. People are going to find that out in a moment. Nordics, 200. That's courage. So 200 is the first bridge that makes a being recognize that you're part of the whole collective. So that's a frequency of courage. Okay. Okay, and then the Draco Reptilians, 25, which is turn around and run. 25. <laughs> put your rollerblades on. Uh, also, uh, the level of shame. Yes, it begins at 20 and it goes all the way to 29. Yes. Okay, okay. And um, Alien Greys, which, oh, so this is, the, this is the kind of lowest servant class mm -hmm. that we're aware of, Alien Greys, five. Yes, that's very close to one, which is the level of destruction. So, uh, I mean, these guys are interesting. So I just want to quickly call up their slide because their soul frequency was five, but look at their relationships. One, intuition, five, energy purity, 4% and compassion, 1%. Now, how can they have compassion? 1%, but empathy, 79%. Just explain that. That is, that is pretty much uh, their 
their weapon in a way. That's how they identify their prey, right? And with the their level of empathy. And but they have no compassion whatsoever. So with that, along with that uh, low frequency, you know, they are definitely uh, predators. So it's great that you're making a distinction between empathy and compassion, because most people think that empathy is compassion. It's like, oh, I'm empathetic. I feel your pain. But actually, it could be empathy in the way that a mother um, drone kind of mm -hmm. feeds her intelligence into the servant drones, mm -hmm. like an insectal, insectoidal type intelligence, right? The yes. Borg out of Star, out of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of your empathy you're saying is the capacity to be connected to um, these other beings for for good or for ill correct exactly that's correct <laughs> okay and uh, let's move on to the mantis 150 which is a lot lower than i was expecting <laughs> <laughs> 150 has to do with anger so that's their overall frequency is anger to do with anger wow mm -hmm. wow okay galactic federation 375 that's a frequency of acceptance so moving from willingness into acceptance, but now it's right in between acceptance, moving towards higher intellect, reason. Okay, good, very good. Atlantean humans who died out um, before the great flood, the great deluge, that 525. Yeah, the, uh, the level. Yes, the love, love frequency that begins at 500. So that's a good thing. Yes, yes, it is a good thing. Yes, definitely. And so you're that saying your that, that at the at the fall, yeah, that's mine. At the fall of Atlantis, they were sitting in a love frequency, or was this reading taken from in the middle of their heyday? Probably heyday. It's their collective, mm -hmm. where they were as a collective. But because there were other things going on from the reading, I don't know if you have that chart with you, right? <clears throat> but their integrity was only at thirty six percent. And that is what, what was kind of responsible for, for the fall of Atlantis because it's mm -hmm. important to be in your full integrity, right? Their integrity was 36%. And right. divine purpose yes. was also low, 57. Mm -hmm. So that they were completely out of alignment with what they were here to be, to gotcha. do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the humans today are at 230, yeah. right? Yes. 230 today. At Atlanteans were at 525, so we're kind of halfway toward where we were as yeah. an Atlantean race. So we're on the ascension. Um, yes. We kind of know that, don't we? We're on the as ascent, correct? Yes, because uh, when it comes to the overall vibration of frequency, yes, uh, Atlanteans were higher. But when it comes to personal growth and creativity especially, we are much higher than they were. Yeah, right. we're, we're headed towards enlightenment. We're in the 700s. And they were uh, a 540 with personal growth and creativity of 540. And we are at 750 for personal growth and 700 for creativity. And then, of course, 700 creativity. Yes, so we're closer also with our divine uh, to be in full alignment with our divine purpose at 94%, which is in their case was only a 57%. Yeah, got it. Okay, so the Atlanteans were there. It's so interesting to, to triangulate this. Okay. Yeah. But interestingly enough, our personal purpose, we're at 90%, but the Atlanteans were at 100%. Mm -hmm. And they were 57% divine purpose. And we're 94% divine purpose. 
That means so we're absolutely aligned and headed toward okay. the Aquarian age that everyone is talking about, the shift that everyone is talking about. This is because we're so close to the alignment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Living out our destiny. That's humanity. That's Amazing. Living up our game. Yes. Okay. So we're about to start now. We're 15 minutes in. I'm going to mm -hmm. ask people watching, beloved friends, if you could be so kind as to share this, um, want this information. Uh, to get out widely, very widely. We've got some pretty shocking stuff to unveil today. And yeah, I, you know, I feel like a cheesy chat show host, one of those kind of, you know, cheap daytime TV shows where they kind of give away prizes. But it, this is so exciting, the stuff we're doing. But I'm going to do a hard sell on this information because the more I am personally, I'm lucky because you guys are feeding me, you know, all these charts and things. So I'm able to do my own kind of hard triangulations and work out stuff. And I'm beginning to feel as though I can f see things in the dark. I I'm serious. Mm -hmm. I really begin to feel like I'm able to see things in the dark. Now, I know that my intuition does that. Mm -hmm. My innate intrinsic psionic intelligence absolutely sees in the dark. But now, because my brain is able to cogitate the science of what you guys are doing with these triangulations of scalar frequencies, reading things in the universe, this universe and beyond, being able to, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm overstretching there, you, but certainly you have been able to peer into dimensions that you didn't even believe existed. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay, now, so that's one question. As we start, and yes, we're to begin today's first um, non-human species, <laughs> which is the one that has completely shattered all records, according to Alejandro and Elena, is the Alpha Centurions mm -hmm. at 7,000. A scale of one to a thousand. Explain that. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this kind of blew our mind because we didn't understand what what this means. And you know, reading, I think, seeing the bigger picture now, when you put up their frequencies from relationships perspective, intuition, personal growth, what is interesting and fascinating, it makes you kind of recognize if you imagine the fractal pattern that happens in everything that you can imagine, including our universes and galaxies, right? You can see how some things are on a completely different fractal frequencies and others are anchoring to human frequencies. So in this case, their overall vibrational frequency is 7,000. Mind-blowing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, their relationships they view from an enlightened perspective, which is more from a human frequency perspective. Again, enlightened, 700. Personal growth, 900. So they're committed to enlightenment. The thousand uh, frequency as far as human experience, it's the highest frequency we, we can experience on earth. And that is fully embodied. So they're channeling uh, and they're extremely creative. Their intuition is at 6,000. What does that mean? We don't know, but maybe from a fractal perspective, it ties into the 600 frequency on earth from a different dimension. Mm -hmm. um, they are 100% in alignment with personal growth, 100% in alignment with divine uh, purpose, 100% uh, in alignment with personal purpose, and their, their empathy is 100%, their compassion is 100%, energy purity, 100%. So they're fully embodying them, 
their beingness, right? And then we measured what dimensions they operate in, and they operate between 18th and 21st dimension. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm just going to give some background here, and uh, courtesy of notes that Debbie put together earlier. So the the extraterrestrials from Alpha Centauri have the power to destroy us or almost any other alien species. That's what I'm reading here, and this is the common common uh, understanding. So maybe mm -hmm. we we're, we're here to correct much of this because mm -hmm. it seems to me that this this species is not has maybe had the power to destroy us or almost any other alien species but almost certainly that's the very last thing that they would do mm -hmm. um one imagines by looking at this uh, 7000 number they're widely considered the most technologically advanced species in the milky way in our galaxy mm -hmm. um, highly intelligent possessing natural curiosity which led them uh, to rapidly develop scientific and technological society they possibly inhabit our deep ocean depths and piloting UFOs are often seen coming out of our oceans. So we've heard about those stories and they're very real stories. I met with Timothy Good, the world's leading uh, military researcher uh, in this subject, who's researched over 10,000 uh, sightings and first contact um, connected to, you know, air forces all around the world, governments all around the world, space programs all around the world. And I spent time with Timothy Good and learned a great deal from him many, many years ago on the subject. Um, they are, the Alpha Centurions are a humanoid race possessing aquatic qualities about them, such as gills and webbed limbs to allow survival in the oceanic environments. Uh, they have luminous bluish gray skin tone, um, rumored to currently inhabit deep ocean depths of earth and therefore believed to be um, those UFOs that are frequently seen by Navy, the, by Navy um, uh, personnel emerging from the oceans. They are stated as vibrating and resonating on the band of violet light. And they're said to come from Alpha Centauri, which is the closest star system to our star system, being 4.3 light years from the sun, consisting of three stars, so Alpha Centauri A, uh, Regal Centaurus and Alpha Centauri B, blah, 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 blah. I won't go into more detail. Part of their mission on Earth is to help raise the Earth's scientific, technical, and theoretical knowledge. Their mission is also to find ways to make knowledge understandable to our society since they're so much more advanced. Alpha Centaurian's true challenge is to trust the love of God or universe. And they usually think of themselves as the provider and the protector. So, wow, amazing. Um, that kind of sits, much of what we just read, kind of sits with these incredible figures. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Makes sense. Okay. So um, let's move on to, we've got 1,100 people watching us. Let's go on to the Lyrans. Okay, Lyrans, <clears throat> their overall vibrational frequency is 4,000. Again, this is out of our human realm. They view relationships from a perspective of, of enlightenment, 700. So again, it anchors from higher dimensions, fractals, think of fractals, into the earthly plane, right? Personal growth, they view through the lens of enlightenment, 1,000. Creativity, they view through the lens of joy, 540 intuition from a frequency of 3000 they are 97 percent in alignment with their divine purpose 94 percent in alignment with personal purpose they're 100 percent in integrity 100 percent in their compassion 95 percent empathy energy purity is at 96 percent and they operate between 18th and 21st dimension 
Okay, amazing. So, Lyran star seeds are said to be the root race of all humanoid races in our galaxy. They played a unique mm -hmm. role in the creation of humanity, offering the element of fire to Earth and seeding the first souls to Atlantis and Lemuria. They taught about work ethic and how to make the best use of energy. Uh, Lyrans often struggle with finding their starseed connection as they identify with multiple star systems. And most Lyrans also incarnated as Pleiadians, Syrians, Andromedans, and Arcturians. They have plenty of experience incarnating into different planets. And when they arrive at a 3D world, they enjoy experiencing it to the fullest and they are very independent in their nature. Many old souls made their way from the depths of the universe to Earth in order to guide mankind through the period. Um, so the Lyrans um, are emotionally strong. They pursue their dreams fearlessly. They are loners. They're drawn to metaphysics. They're natural leaders. They're intelligent and they're skilled. And they pursue justice fearlessly and they identify injustice and fight for worthy causes that they believe in, never giving in against those who are wrongdoing to others. And they're normally very independent from a very young age. So that might give you um, some idea. Sorry, I'm swapping you guys over there. Mm -hmm. uh, that might give uh, folks some idea, looking at their own, looking at your own children and, and maybe identifying that your own children are connected um, to the Lyran genetic expression. But again, 4,000, second highest um, that you've ever read. Am I correct? That's yes. correct. Yes. <laughs> so pretty, pretty remarkable there. Okay, let's move on to Metatron. Um, before you do that, if you don't mind, I'm just going to quickly read. Um, in folklore tradition, Metatron is the highest of the angels, served as the celestial scribe, serving as the celestial scribe or the recording angel. In Jewish apocrypha and in the early Kabbalah, Metatron is the name that Enoch received after his transformation into an angel. And Metatron appears at the apex of the hierarchy, being its vibration close to the direct emanation of God. So where does the legend of Metatron come from? Metatron is mentioned in passages of the Babylonian Talmud, in mystical Kabbalistic texts, and in the apocryphal books of, uh, of Enoch. Um, and which uh, the books of Enoch are, are, are pseudo-epigraphical, meaning a work that is falsely attributed or whose claimed authorship is unfounded. Um, but there are several of these works that are attributed to Enoch. Uh, most people are referring to Enoch 1, uh, to the first one Enoch, when they speak of the book of uh, Enoch. And again, going back to the Talmud, that's not considered a sacred work in Christianity. And though some teachings from it might be compatible with Christian teachings, the entirety of the New Testament was completely written and largely compiled by the time uh, the Mishnah was written down. And that was made canon before the Babylonian Talmud uh, came to be. So that gives uh, some people a bit of a, a background there. But please uh, do your musings on the Metatron Yes, Metatron's overall frequency is 1,000. Uh, relationships, uh, he views through the frequency of enlightenment also, 700. Personal growth, 1,000. Creativity, 900. Again, enlightenment, intuition, 900. Enlightenment, 100% aligned with divine purpose, personal purpose, 100% in the integrity, 100% in compassion, 100% in empathy, 
100% in energy purity, and Metatron uh, operates between 18th and 21st dimension. I would say navigates through 18th and 21st dimension. So amazing. So what do we, well, what do we make of divine purpose, personal purpose, integrity, compassion, empathy, energy purity, and dimension? Sorry, and energy purity are all at 100%. Intuition 900, creativity 900. I mean, these these are staggering figures. Um, does that does that mean that we're just dialing kind of one down from the kind of godhead that governs this plane of existence? Because that's what it looks like to me. It's almost as though Metatron is a kind of um, uh, intercedence um, technology between pure godhead that governs this world and everything within this world. That's kind of how I read it and feel it. Very, very close, yes. Uh, we have read a couple of uh, fully integrated beings that, that vibrate at a level of uh, 1,000, and they incarnated at 1,000, and they left this planet at 1,000, uh, but they have 1,000 throughout their parts, you know? Right. All of the right. numbers and creativity, intuition, relationships yeah. are also 1,000. So, so what, do we, integrate. What, do we, what do we learn from this? We learn that Metatron is, is something we can absolutely place absolute faith in. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. Yes. Okay, beautiful. We'll come back to this. Let's move on to our neighbors. Yes, the Martians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just give us give us some background. Well, I, I don't need to give any footnotes here. I mean the Martians are Mars is the, the you know very close to us. We all know um it's a planet which is um uh, purportedly um used to be like Earth and then we kind of cocked it up and that was taught to me by the great uh, Mayan shaman and mystic Jose Aguilas who when he came to stay with me in Bali and he of course was the reincarnation of the um, of the he was the reincarnation of the um, uh, last of the high priests of the Mayan uh, tradition um, Valon Votan and he told me that uh, Barack Obama was a Martian. He, he actually explained to me many of the leading figures, political figures at the time, this was back in 2010, 2011. But he described these figures and said that they, they are souls that are Martian souls, and they've come projected into this earth plane um, vigorously and very dynamically in order to be able to try and reseed their own idiom. Anyway, um, give us some understanding of the Martian soul frequency numbers yes soul frequency 200 which is the first level of true courage relationships 100 that is the level of fear personal growth at 200 courage again uh, creativity at 200 intuition 400 that is the level of reason high intellect divine purpose is at 72 percent the personal purpose at 75%, integrity 50%, compassion 45%, empathy 82%, energy purity 69%, and dimensions they navigate through is from the second all the way to the fourth, but only at 91% when it comes to the fourth dimension. Which tells us what exactly we're talking about the dimensional states. I mean, with with Martians, they're operating at two hundred, which is less than humans. 
Yes. Humans are at what, 230 right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Martians yes. operate less than us. Yeah. So um, they one has to be very mindful of the fact mm-hmm. that engaging with a Martian is engaging with the lower frequency than the average human being, which is quite worrying. <laughs> yes. And, and um, well, humans operate all the way to the fifth dimension, but only 16% there. So we actually navigate uh, up to a higher level uh, of, uh, of dimension than they are. So when you say second to fourth dimension, you mean that the fourth dimension is their ceiling. That's it. So yes. you don't move beyond the fourth dimension, correct? Exactly. That's right. So, so let's put this in context. So when the Martians know for a very long period of time that that this solar system, this quadrant of the universe is moving into an ascension um, spiral and that is moving into a higher vibratory um, quadrant, that they've got a limit on time before stargates close and arguably they become space dust. So they are needing to they are needing to raise frequency in order to get through Stargate. This is, I'm using fairly reductive language. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm talking about Stargates being those great big epochal closures where you have to move into. We know that universes are born and die, in, you know, galaxies, and that things, things come into being and then move out of being. And certainly in the temporal sense, we know that much about natural law as it relates to the 3D temporal space. So, one imagines that the Martians have been, in that sense, desperate for a fairly long time to upgrade themselves, and possibly that's where their interference in with humanity stems from. Yeah, very, very possible. Does that sound infantile to you? I, no, 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 no. I mean, it, it makes sense. I would say that uh, it has a lot to do with their integrity um, to know that if they're going to be forced to transcend their current vibration of frequency uh we really don't know that but uh otherwise they will be left behind once we transition to 5d uh in the years to come right and more than likely they can just uh pack up and leave and move <laughs> to another galaxy right or find another planet to right right so their journey so their highest um, mark here is intuition 400. Yes. What is human intuition? Let's have a quick look. Human intuition is 250. 250. Right. So isn't that interesting? Um, so, so it, what is what is that? What does that tell us about the Martian being that intuitive? They use their mind to intuit. They apply their intelligence to to guide them through through whatever they're doing. Whereas humans, we still have to learn to trust ourselves. That's the awakening that is happening at the moment, is learning to trust ourselves. Very good. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's beautiful. That's the essence of actually what we're this whole inquiry is all about. It's really tapping into that that piece. Okay, let's get on to the Alpha Draconian. Um, wow. Interesting. 200. So 30, 30, 30 marks lower than a human today. Yes. Walk us through the Alpha Draconian. Their soul frequency is at 200. Again, the level of courage. Relationships, 200. Personal growth, 200. Creativity, 200. Intuition, 
200. They're very consistent. <laughs> Divine purpose and personal purpose is at 100% in alignment. Integrity, 97%. Compassion, 58%. Empathy, 98%. Energy purity, 76%. And then navigate through the dimensions uh, from the first all the way to the fourth, and at the fourth, uh, only 74%. Okay, so what's interesting there for me is that you've got the Alpha Centurion, and I don't know what the connection is. I'm too stupid to understand these things, but the Alpha Centurion at 7,000, mm -hmm. um, and then the Alpha Draconian at 200. It's almost like they are counterpoints in the in the spectrum of galactic or universal um intelligence as it relates to our comprehension that's mm -hmm. how i see the alpha Dra draco and the alpha centurions is very much um both sides of the equation <clears throat> so just some background on the alpha draconians the world we live in earth is filled with stories in almost every culture and tradition of dragons sometimes they breathe fire other, other times they do magic they could also sometimes hide in a cave in a lair with tons of gold and treasure and some of them can even speak latin okay purportedly the common theme however is that they are large scaly reptilian monsters who can fly now whether they are good or bad is ultimately up to which tradition you observe in european tradition dragons are bad in the asian tradition they're good and they look a little different as well. In Europe, they are big dinosaur-like creatures, whilst in East Asia, they are serpent-like creatures. Either way, they do have their core characteristics that make them recognizable as dragons across the world. Um, now, today, we, we do not see any evidence, really, of the actual existence of dragons. Well, I'm not so sure that that's true. If we hacked into the Smithsonian Institute in the British Museum basement, I think we'd find a hell of a lot, actually. Um, so how do we get these myths and legends and lore? One theory is that they once roamed the earth and were as common as cattle or sheep, and they eventually went extinct like, uh, like the moa or the dodo bird. Another is that they're inspired by an alien species from a faraway galaxy, blah, blah, blah. Well, we've heard those stories. <clears throat> there are some who believe that in the Draco constellation, the dragon constellation, which is, is a galaxy, and the Draco galaxy, the dragon galaxy, uh, lies a planet in that uh, galaxy lies a planet of humanoid dragons uh, called the Draco uh, the Draco world it is believed that many aeons ago many ages ago these humanoid dragons known as draconians or alpha draconians came to earth to enslave humanity and mined resources uh, for the draconians own benefit it's believed that just like the reptoids that alpha draconians disguise themselves as humans and run the world between closed doors not only that but they believe to actually be uh, actively suppressed uh, suppressing human knowledge and evolution and holding us back from universal domination now if that descriptive is is more or less true um does it hold up to the to the numbers um just again mm -hmm. look at those numbers does that marry with what i've just said not really uh, because 200, you know, to us, manipulation, any kind of manipulation that we talk about is from frequencies of 50s and below, right? So in this case, they're operating from a courage level. 
Right. Right. So not really. I mean, their compassion is not that high. Right. Their energy purity is not that, it's not that aligned. So it could, maybe parts of it, again, we're looking at their collective. So I would say that maybe not collective, there are beings that are out of alignment. And then there are those that are just like in humans, right? We have our overall frequency at 230. And we see major contrast in humanity. We have beings that are aligned, that are already shifted into love frequency. And then we have those that are much lower. So what I'm interested in here with the Alpha Draconians is if their divine purpose and their personal purpose are 100%, which you can see in the middle two numbers there. <clears throat> I, I would have thought that it being 100% aligned with divine purpose and being 100% aligned with personal purpose would basically mean that you are spot on. You, you, do, you can't get better. You're on the right track. Does that make sense? Yes. It just means that in the, in the matrix of galactic matrix of existence, they are here serving their purpose. I love it. Great. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Okay. Um, Venus, planet Venus. Okay, people, especially the new age acolytes about to kill one of your sacred cows. Um, and it's, not it's not pretty. If you if you're one of those people like me who's been a fantasist about Venus and Venusians being a beautiful angelic type um, intelligence that uh, kind of Botticelli painted coming in on the blown by the zephyrs standing on a on a sh on a on a shell, uh, all naked and beautiful with daisies in the hair. Think again, okay? You do not want to cross the Venusians. Here we go. <laughs> oh, we were totally surprised, uh, but again, we don't. We didn't measure the constellation, which I think next week we will be doing that. Right? There's a mm. constellation of Venus, exactly. uh, but this is Venusians. Okay, and please don't kill the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so frequency at fifty-five, relationships fifty-five, which is uh, the level of apathy. It starts at 50. Uh, personal growth, 125, which is the level of uh, desire. Creativity, 125. Intuition, 55. Divine purpose, 86%. Personal purpose, 96%. Integrity, 72%. Compassion, 73%. Empathy, 100%. Energy purity, 69%. They navigate through the dimensions uh, was from the second all the way to the fourth and being 98% on the fourth. Okay. Um, your uh, audio was breaking up a bit at my end. I'm hoping it was just my end and not... Um, are you guys hearing me okay? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So I'm interested here. What interests me in these guys is looking at um, energy, forgive me, empathy being 100% and mm -hmm. compassion at 73%. I would have thought that that would have been a, made a higher mark than 55. I mean, um, because is 73 terrible for compassion? Is it that bad? 73%? No. No, it's not no, bad. Not bad at all. But, you know, I think from reading and looking at the overall picture, the mm -hmm. Venusians represent uh, an addict kind of uh, persona where it's, it's, it's a hungry, hungry kind of personality or hungry kind of frequency that is never, where it's never enough. And with the 55 mixed into it, which is apathy, but at the same time manipulation. So it's a, it's a manipulation okay. to fulfill 
the hungry desire that is never fulfilled. These are manipulators? Yes, this is a frequency of manipulation because ultimately their personal growth, right, and their creativity stems from unfulfilled desires. So they, their desire to manipulate is there to kind of feed their own uh, addiction, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Okay, I like that. So in that case, to have Venus as the totem, as the icon for desire, in that sense, makes sense. Desire and and uh, desire, which is addiction in this, can be mm -hmm. is quite closely akin to addiction desire also is a negative in as much as it pulls us away from the present to desire something is to not be satiated or satisfied in the in the now to want something other than that which you have in the now so fear and desire to me were always um counterpoints and and not um necessarily for good or for ill you, you desire can be a good thing and be, be a negative thing Right. Okay. So that's interesting. So Botticelli's uh, vision of Venus um, being blown in actually is is quite, in a sense, it's uh, it does uh, it has integrity that painting and his understanding of it. So let's let's move on to a really scary subject. Yes. Um, I want to move on to Yeltsin, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to read um, mm -hmm. some notes on Yeltsin. This to me is interesting. People who follow my work know that for many many years. Many years I've been referring to Yaldabaoth and his minions. Um, and the way I've described Yaldabaoth before I even saw these readings that you guys had done, I described Yaldabaoth as being the kind of the, the name that you give to the lower uh, elemental cloud intelligence egregore, the kind of the archonic realm, the one that is the real firewall between this plane of existence and the the heavenly spheres so if there is a firewall between us and our divinity it's going in 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 the temporal universe it's going to be it's going to be the yaldabaoth I, I describe it as yaldabaoth that would be the the last name that you could give this elemental cloud intelligence that is in a sense the accreted value and compression of billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of souls and incarnations that have abnegated surrendered life force into the field without utilizing it for creative or affirmative purpose or reason and so there's a kind of white noise buildup of the flux the kind of psychic flux the unresolved aspects of egoic projections billions of souls over millions of years that is what created that field that that bandwidth and i've always described that as yaldabaoth in in my essays and in, in my lectures so just to refer to some notes here it says um this is a quote now the archon who is weak has three names the first name is yaldabaoth the second is saklas fool and the third is Samael, Samael, and he is impious in his arrogance, which is in him. For he said, I am God, and there is no other God beside me. For he is ignorant of his strength, the place from which he had come. 
No living thing dares ignore my call, for I am that which has always been since the universe was birthed from the ashes of the last. I am the hunger that dooms worlds. I am he who is beyond such frail concepts as good and evil. I am that which slithers into the darkest abyss. I am he who was born of true light and dark. I am that of which the heathen gods tremble at the mere mention of my name. I am the shadow of God, his dark self, but unlike him, I am not merciful. I am the demiurge. I mean, you couldn't really uh, describe it more perfectly than those quotes that we found uh, earlier today. But Yaldabaoth is also known as Demiurge or Jaldabaoth and is a voracious and cruel primordial being of both chaos and order, darkness and light. While many confuse the Demiurge with an evil god stereotype, it is actually a figure below that of the supreme being. Thus, in many ways, is a paradoxical deity that lords over the physical plane of existence, but is below that of the spiritual realm. So again, I mean, this is this is holding up. The mm -hmm. Elder came into existence during the clash between Azathoth and God when their powers were mixed. The lesser Aeon Sophia was able to extract uh, a piece of God and mold them into the being that came to be known as Yaldabaoth. So assuming the arrogant pose of a solar deity, Yaldabaoth falsely believes himself to be the only God in the entire cosmos. With this in mind, he created the physical realm along with his own heaven with angels and his personal servants, the archons, to serve his every whim. Now in Gnosticism, Yaldabaoth is viewed to be the evil God portrayed in the Old Testament. So that's the angry, jealous God of old, the one I'm always bitching about, the one that essentially coordinated the religious mind, which is the idolatrous, idolatrous mind. Mm -hmm. But he is an entity unable to perceive other expressions of the divine, leading him to believe he is the supreme deity of the universe. And so it goes on. Um, I think that's enough of a background. Let's look, jump in and check his readings out. Tell us what you make of this creature. Yes, soul frequency 25, which is the level of uh, shame. Relationships, 25. Personal growth, 20. Creativity, 25. Intuition, 100, the level of fear. Divine purpose, 100%. Personal purpose, 100%. Integrity, 100%. Compassion, 2%. Empathy, 94%. Energy purity, 100%. And navigates through the dimensions uh, first, second, and third. Now, that's the bit I find the most fascinating. Hmm. Navigates first to third, but not the fourth, not the imagination realm. Right, no. Okay. What does that mean? What does yeah. that mean? As you see it, limited, the limited, and it has a lot to do with the overall frequency, right? And in the role they're playing, of course, uh, for every every uh, being, energy being in general, and so they are not able to uh, navigate through the fourth or anything higher than the third because they're limited um, due to their frequency, due to their compassion, um, and and. Um, uh, they just don't have the capacity to 
to transcend to higher level, higher dimensions. So fully embodying exactly what you just actually read. Yeah, exactly. uh, that, you know, this being thinks that he's God, which is true because he's in alignment 100% with divine purpose. So God or divine creator wants to experience itself through everything, including the shadows. Mm -hmm. And this, this being is an absolute representation of the shadows and operating from fear, which is intuition, right? And, and, uh, shame also shows that uh, this is how he feeds off empathically and off of people, right? So if you're living in your fear and your shame, you're aligning yourself exactly with that frequency and you're Two, in Yeah. 2% compassion. <laughs> yeah. Two no, mercy. No, mercy. no mercy whatsoever. None. I just want to check out who else has got low compassion. 2% um, Yalda Bayoff. I mean, just last week, looking at what we did, last week um 14 percent the orions two percent with the zeta reticulums uh, so the certain class to the uh to the reptilians also operating at two percent zeta reticulums and five percent the draco reptilians okay um seven percent the mantis and one percent the grays so the alien grays are the very lowest um Wow. Wow. Actually, actually, there is one coming up shortly that has compassion of 0%. <laughs> Stick around, folks. Stick yeah. around. And that one is going to be shocking. Very, very shocking. But this is so interesting. So we've got a creature here with compassion of 2%, um, which is no mercy, as you said. And... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if so far this is the very worst reading we've had, but I think it probably is. Would you agree? Yeah, more, one of them. And, you know, they're in, in uh, full integrity as well. You know, 100% of their integrity. And when they vibrate at such a low frequency, I mean, that they mean what they say <laughs> and believe them when, you know, when they say they're going to do something, they will follow through. And so they are you know, loyal to their, uh, to their own truth, right? What would be really, really cool, I'm speaking to the audience here, um, it would be really cool if there's any graphic artists or graphic designers out there who are good, be a good one, okay, um, <laughs> who, who are prepared to work with us to do some graphics. It would be amazing to create a graphic chart or poster um, with all of the readings that Elena and Alejandro have done last week and this week and next week because next week we're also doing all the planets of the solar system uh, like the moon and what have you going to learn some very interesting stuff but it'd be really cool to work on a big poster graphic wouldn't it um and have all of the uh, configuration all of the different species that we're aware of that are part of our cosmogenesis to have them all depicted on a graphic now of course if i had the time i would do the graphic myself but so any graphic designers out there who are spending the next uh, 12 years in quarantine sorry i mean 12 days in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't know how long this pantomime is going to go on for but we may as, we may as well get creative right but anyway let, let, let's move on um okay this is this next one is going to piss off a lot of people i'm giving full disclosure here um and yes i'm being I'm using a bit of humor in saying I'm giving full disclosure here. Um, there's a lot of people that are going to be very pissed off by the next reading. And I just don't want to be dealing with trolling. I don't want to be dealing with 
blowback and bullshit. If anyone doesn't like what Elena and Alejandro are doing or what I'm um, participating in, bringing certain revelations to the world, that's fine. That's absolutely um, a matter for you. But please stay away from the trolling and stay away from controversy. No one is trying to slag off anyone here, but they have done some scalar readings on, yes, you guessed it, the sphere being Alliance, a.k.a. the avians. I can see the blue avian is telling me to fuck off because it's doing that. In <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, guys, um, this is scalar tech. What can I say? This is uh, Alejandro and Elena had no idea um, what this was when we sent them through the names and asked them to do the readings but let's just let's just see what it is that they saw and i've got some questions that i want to raise for alejandro and elena after they have um done this but before they do um their readings i'm just going to touch on um um corey good who's a wonderful man by best accounts um i did a conference with him last year in 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 california very interesting guy um claims to have direct physical contact with the blue avians of the star beings alliance who have chosen him as a delegate to interface with several et councils and federations on their behalf acting as liaison a mediator with the council of the pss alliance i don't know what that means and to deliver important messages to all of humanity um i'm concerned about any intercessionary um in influence claiming that kind of stuff that's just me the super federation uh super federation that he talks about in his interviews uh would be made up of a large number of et associations that have come together over the years to discuss an allegedly large genetic experiment aimed at obtaining and mixing and manipulating of the human alien dna which would have started uh 250 years ago at the lunar operation command a sort of neutral diplomatic structure located on the invisible side of the moon incidentally which i i hold with that i mean i i've i've held with that stuff for a long time and i'm interested to find out next week what you guys have found out about the moon and it'll be interesting to do readings on this side of the moon the dark side of the moon and the inside of the moon because i i'm certain that they're very very different vectors those would that be okay for you, you guys to do that great yeah. so um the blue avians could be the celestial blueprint of the human race. That's the, that's the theme that's been going around for the last couple of years. And when we speak of ancient aliens, the term blue avians indicates an interdimensional species of highly intelligent, peaceful beings who have for millennia had relationships with humanity um, and have brought messages of hope and peace and, and blah, blah, blah. Now, there are also stories like the god Horus and Toth, the man Ibis, but not only the Sumerian god Abgal, the messenger spirit of the Hopi Indians, the eagle Kachina have also bird shapes. In the Hindu cult, the Garuda is a divine creature with head and wings of an eagle. So one wonders, um, you know, this, this appears to be a kind of amalgam of all of that. And before you do the readings, which I find quite shocking, Alejandro and Elena, very shocking, in fact, maybe you could consider speaking to the possibility that um, because this appears to be a kind of amalgamated projection of a bunch of messenger type interfaces 
that maybe we've not been able to target the integrity or the you know the the premise of any particular intelligence and we've just been picking up on some kind of wet noise vectoring i don't know i'm putting that out to you answer to that once you've done the readings but let's just go straight into it these are the readings that you found on the sphere being alliance yes the sphere being alliance again we had no idea that anything about what you know the information that you just gave everyone this was completely um without having this background so overall frequency 50 which is apathy relationships they view through the frequency of 20 which is shame, shame. personal growth one Creativity comes from a frequency of 100, which is fear. Intuition, zero. Divine purpose, 1%. So out of divine purpose. Alignment, personal purpose alignment, 100%. Integrity, 2%. Compassion, zero. Empathy, empathy zero. So it means not applicable. Energy purity, 1%. Dimensions, non-applicable. Okay. What does dimension non-applicable mean? Yes, um, we checked yeah. all the dimensions. That we feel that it's just non-existent. Doesn't exist. It was, uh, <laughs> if it was created by someone with with intention to manipulate and inflict fear, uh, we'll say, um, and then we've uh, never had divine purpose at one percent. So this is very unique. Right. Integrity at two percent also says a lot. But the fact that it's aligned with personal purpose, it means it's aligned with whoever is the mind that created this. Mm -hmm. is it's in line with their agenda whatever that might be again we don't know exactly and energy one percent so right and e empathy zero compassion zero right mm -hmm. so every being we've tested has some kind of empathy and compassion uh they don't so it made us think that perhaps this is non-existent but we're open to of course hearing if there's very specific beings that are bird-like we would love to read them so okay. i think this will okay. give us more clarity as okay. far as this okay. group it doesn't make sense very so good, very good. For so let's put that out. I, i'm going to yes, just please. honor our i'm going to honor our 1300 odd people who are joining us right now and i want to just look at some of the comments if you don't mind excuse of course. me my glasses on um page hall says this makes so much sense blue avian so is the sphere beings a machine that's one of the questions from karen is the sphere beings alliance a machine i think what alejandro and elena are saying is that it doesn't exist at all as far as they can see yeah. oh, could it be okay olga good question olga could this be holographic and ai in which case those readings might make more well, sense. Well, no, because we read actually the first robot, Sophia. Mm -hmm. She's a AI. She's a citizen, I think, of uh, Dubai. Dubai right? Yeah. So she has a frequency of 205. Okay. The, the consciousness of 205. So this is very different. Uh, these beings don't from this reading. So we would love to have insight into if you have very specific... Uh, bird beings to read, definitely we will do it because we're curious yes, too. Yes, and often uh, when we read a company per se uh, or, or an organization, we also pick up on the intention of, of its founders, right? Uh, the, because it's part of the, the, the whole. Signature, the signature. Frequency uh, signature. Right, right. Exactly. right. Well, uh, Paulina um, Passeri was asking, is this soul reading only for this now moment or all time? This is overall there's the only, collective. There's only the now. Past, present, future is right now. Everything is okay. Right now. Okay. Okay. Um, 
somebody claudia is saying she found them more to be based on projections other people are asking is it robotics same question as ai um all right um perhaps we could do a reading on corey good and learn of his intention tapping into this being uh, so so let me just clarify something here alejandro and um elena are not doing readings on uh, people and then putting them into the public domain unless they are um, um, fictitious people, people hiding behind fictions or offices, seals of office like the Queen of England. That's fair game. Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, it's fair game. Uh, these people are um, making huge decisions that affect um, humankind. I um, was stupid enough or um, trusting enough to allow them to do my numbers in public, which is the first show we did. And um, and for me, it was interesting because for getting my numbers done, and I, it it helped me to reflect on some, on some aspects of myself. I, I was disappointed in some numbers. I mean, really, quite disappointed. And but for me, it was good. It was good for me to walk away with that and sit and go, okay, so I don't have a hundred percent integrity. I always thought I did. I really thought I had a hundred percent integrity. I've got I don't know what it is, ninety-seven percent or something. It's, it's not bad. It's it's high. But I had to go away for a week or so and sit with that and work out what is it in my journey that I've done, especially since I started my kind of political activism work in the last 21 years. And I've had to not lie, but I've had to put on so many masks. I've had to, you know, connect with political leaders. I've had to dodge bullets in the North African visit. I've had to lie through my teeth to get through to certain people. Um, and shakes and different rulers. I've had to, um, you know, pretend to be a fervent Christian and a fervent Jew and a fervent uh, Muslim. I've never pretended to be Jewish, but I've had to, you know, I've had to put on certain faces. And 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 I think that twenty years of me wearing so many, not deceptions because I don't lie, but just diplomatically needing to get into different spaces to do the work I'm doing. I think that probably put some bad habits into me. This is just me talking openly about why I think I don't have 100% integrity. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I'm saying this because um, Alejandro and Elena are not doing, um, taking pot shots of people for sensationalism and then talking about them. They've got a member's site um, and their members um, do ask certain questions of them. And I understand in the last week there was some controversy because one of the members private members decided to go public and cause some controversy which was a pretty ugly and stupid thing to do i heard about that myself and spoke to uh, elena yesterday about it and she said well whatever you know um we, we this is what we do we we do tech this is technology we do these readings and that's that the end of it we've got no particular um ideas or interpretations we don't even know these people who they are when their names are put forward to us and and um, we're always happy to look into different vectors and different things and build up, you know, fuller picture. That's fine. So just to avoid this kind of controversy bullshit, because um, no one is here doing this and trying. We're not trying here to create sensation. I'll tell you why I'm excited. I'm talking to the audience. Why I'm so excited is because I have spent most of my life um, feeling into my psionic intelligence and into my intuition following that guide and i've seen how incredibly powerful and beautiful that process has been and continues to be so when i come across two beautiful souls alejandro and elena and i begin to understand some of the metric and the technology approach that they're using which is tried and tested double blind placebo and i'll let them speak to this in a moment 
uh, when I found that and then started to see this tool, at first, honestly, I thought, what a sweet, cute, this is a one-shot wonder. This is going to be a great 40-minute kind of little exploration to talk about some wackadoodle approach to consciousness. Oof, little did I know that the more information I start to ask you guys for, because you're not throwing it at me, I'm asking you for information. And I've been able to see that there is a direct correlation between the readings that are coming of all these vectors. And again, they can apply, Alejandro and Elena can apply up to 140,000 vectors to triangulate a human being, a historical personality, an event, a situation, a circumstance. This is an amazing technology of being able to, rather like we know that but muscle testing works. We know it works because it works a thousand percent of the time. Similarly, this technology approach appears to have that same infallibility. And it's just triangulating the isness of that which self reveals, self exists, self fulfills. So I love it because it's the closest I've got to a, an extraneous or an external technology that correlates and corresponds absolutely with psionic intelligence and with intuition. And I'm now being able to see how tapping into the, the, soul frequencies or the frequency readings is helping to actually me step into my true intuition because when you guys are doing things and i'm reading that going oh i could have i could have told you that I, I i could have told you that about the mantis i knew that yeah i did know it so why why am i not listening to this all the time this is helping me listen to this and find this as being more real than ever before for which i thank you guys so that's my that's my five-minute pitch on why I love this scalar frequency technology stuff. But if you guys don't mind, um, and I know you've done it two or three times in the last few weeks, but could you just again for newcomers here um, explain in two minutes what it is you're doing and how you're doing it? Yes. We're happy to share. Of course, we're not going to disclose all the details because that will be for our future students with New Earth Project, of course. Um, but what the reason we started doing this a couple of years ago was initially I was looking into Epstein-Barr virus and I wanted to understand why in some cases the Epstein-Barr virus after treatment would be coming back again. I'm coming from a medical background. And it took us a lot of digging to figure out that actually uh, Epstein-Barr embeds in our human energy field or the biofield, the divine field of information with emotions. So not only was it important to treat the person, for their physical symptoms and the information had to be deleted from the field of information but it was important to look at the emotional imprint so begin to view our human morphogenetic field the biofield as the record keeper of everything that exists of course through muscle testing you can absolutely tap into that field your intuition taps into that field and you can retrieve past present and future all exists in the now all exist in this record you can think of it as the cloud space right that is connected to your computer and it syncs up all this information uploads it so then we said okay well we want to understand what's really happening in our matrix like what is it that constitutes our matrix and why is it that we feel so much dissonance with the information that is being put out and what we're feeling so it began initially as a journey for us to begin to unfold and understand the depth of everything 
and we started to see patterns evolving. And, and then we had so many friends asking us, can you please help me read this person? Can you please help me make decisions about my company and the people I'm hiring? And everything was coming into the light and so much information was beginning to make sense. Exactly, Sasha, as you said, it is truly here to help us recognize that we are divine, that we have this information within us. And what we're doing is actually reminding people of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very so, good. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you for that. I see yeah. my brother Carl is on the line. Hi. Hi, brother Carl. Haven't seen you for years. Miss you. And I think Carl's in Sweden. And my brother Mark is also online. Good God. Two of my family members have joined us. How nice yeah. amidst the throng. And Tim, thank you for those. Thank you for that beautiful comment, Tim. I appreciate that. Um, okay. Let's, let's um, jump back in. Thank you for that um, background. I'm going to take us now into Alcyon. Give us the readings there. My turn? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, before you do that, uh, whilst people are looking uh, here at the 450 number, I'm just going to give you a little background here. So Alcyon is designated uh, a multiple star system in the constellation of Taurus, um, approximately 440 light years from the sun. It is the brightest star in the Pleiades open cluster which is a young cluster around 100 million years old. There are a number of fainter stars very close to Alcyon, all likely members of the same cluster. I specifically asked um, Elena and Alejandro to do this reading today. Um, two, uh, there are two versions of the ancient Greek figure Alcyon. One version has her as the nymph daughter of the Titan Atlas and the sea nymph Pleione. The second places her as the daughter of Aeolus, the god of the winds and his lover Enaret. There is some overlap between both stories, making it difficult to tell the two apart. Um, and there are many versions of her name's origin, but a few translate uh, as strong helper from the Greek word Alke and Oneo and the kingfisher from Alcyon. So uh, Alcyon is one of seven daughters who are named the Pleiades, a group of a mountain nymph companies of the goddess of the hunt Artemis. I don't know what the hell that means. That's that's terrible grammar. All of them share the same father, Titan Atlas. Okay. Um, it goes on and on and on. But I tell you why I asked for this Alcyon, because the spiral of Alcyon is how I'm describing the movement away from um, the temporal time cycle of the 26,000 year grand procession of the equinox. Yes, we've come to the end of another, you know, we've moved through the semi-arc of that grand procession of the equinox in 2012. And the event proper kicks in this year, 2020, 21st of December, 2020, in two, three days from now. And it's an absolute signature event in the history of time, in the history of our world, in the history of all of our lives, everyone watching this show the next three days is a compression. If you feel really fucked up and weird this week, last month, in the last year, it is because we are living through a compression of time and of our ancient civilizational wheels. They're all being compressed incrementally in what Terence McKenna called time wave zero and exponentially, incrementally compressing to a zero point. The zero point is happening in three days from now, more or less. And you're going to find yourself living through a lot of weirdness, a lot of surfacing memories and dreams and 
old relationships and, and things coming to the surface, a lot of turbulence, deep, deep, deep turbulence. I really recommend to everyone you just find that still point, find that little bliss point in yourself in the next few days and do not make the stupid mistake of identifying with your goddamn story, with your goddamn trauma, with your goddamn pain and your inner pain. Don't make the stupid mistake of identifying with your story. Only move into a state of equanimity and poise and grace and just love and be loved. And look out, look out in the, the in the looking glass of life and just receive all comers with an open heart and love next few days. That's my very, very serious, heartfelt advice to everyone looking in. But I asked Elena and Alejandro to do Alcyon because. I sense that this is something to do with the journey that we're about to move into. We're about to leave a particular linear temporal time format of reality, and we're going to be flipping into a hyperdimensional realm, which I refer to as the spiral of Alcyon. And that is why I wanted to do this reading today connected to all of these other readings. So please, let's just uh, humor me and uh, read the numbers on Alcyon. Soul frequency, 450. Relationships, 450. Personal growth, 400. Creativity, 100. Which is fear. Intuition, 250. Divine purpose, 98%. Personal purpose, 100%. Integrity, 100%. Compassion, 51%. Empathy, 72%. Energy purity, 78%, and navigates through the dimensions 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th at 77%. They have the same... Uh, okay, what do we learn from this? Same intuition as uh, the human collective at 250. Interesting. Uh, interesting, right? Oh, mm -hmm. yes. what, is the, what is the lowest... What is the lowest marker that you're reading about Alcyon and what is the highest? Compassion, 51%. And the lowest when it comes to um, the frequencies in relation to the aspects mentioned here is intuition, creativity at 100. Fear. Which is a level of fear, yes. So they create from a place, uh, a fearful place. Okay, so I'm not sure that Alcyon describes a species. I don't think it describes a species. And this is why I think that as we move further into this beautiful journey together and exploring the, mm. the hyperdimensional um, aspects of what it is that we are doing here, um, feeling our way into the realm of the unseen, I'm not sure that... Um, for instance, compassion doesn't worry me that because Alcyon I don't see as being um, an arbiter or progenitor of compassion or of empathy particularly. I see it as being a state, just a simply a state. It's mm -hmm. a kind of state of, of, of being that doesn't interfere. It facilitates. It doesn't interfere. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. And I, I hope I'm not just fantasizing too much here. Um, personal purpose, 100%, 98 divine purpose that's more or less aligned integrity 100 percent. those three those three numbers together are good right yes yes and and we have to remember that all the numbers are in relation to that being's uh particular journey 
in the hyperdimensional realm that is putting a hand down to grab humanity and pull us up into this newer format of mm. reality. But it is doing so in a very circumspect, dispassionate kind of way because it's just facilitating that process. It's like, okay, fine, you've earned this new format of reality. You're leaving temporal, linear time space. Well done. You finally passed the test after screwing up many times in the past, like, you know, 13,000 years ago with the Noah's Ark and the Great Flood, because that was when the last photonic cloud did the last audit of this Earth as we were moving through the ecliptic 13,000 mm -hmm. years ago. And of course, we failed that time. And um, now we passed by best accounts, according to, you know, all of the um, readings, uh, not readings, forgive me, all of the um, opinions of uh, the fact that we've survived 2012 and 2020 right up to now. The fact that we have survived, even despite all this insanity, this madness that's going on around the world, especially politically. And remember, the politics is only a reflection of what's going on inside us at the in the collective sphere. You know how we are how we are seeking to define and arrange reality. That's all that politics is. It's a stupid expression that's projected out there of needing to tax us and define us and build enclosures and boundaries and rules and regulations and it's what infants do when they're in their bedroom and they're building forts out of the blankets and the pillows you know that that's all that governments are the, the, these stupid infantile projections but nonetheless here we are and we're on the brink of leaving that format which is why it's collapsing which is why governments and the vatican and the imperial crowns of europe have all collapsed and they're all on the way out because we're dispensing with all of that journey now so for me that that reading is kind of helpful but i'm, I'm going to sit with it and reflect on it a great deal more let's move into agatha to the inner earth and the beings that stem from the inner earth and many many believe that that's what paradise or Eden was. And we were cast out from Eden. And that was connected to us being exiled to the surface of the earth from the inner earth. Mm. Because we, uh, for whatever reason. But let's take a look at the numbers of the inner earth beings known as the Agathians or the Agathans. A formidable and high and beautiful resonance factor of 700. Walk yes. us through. One thing I want to say is the inner earth frequency reading is exactly identical to our planet Earth, which we didn't share maybe previously, but our planet vibrates at a frequency of 700 as well. So I thought that this is a very interesting outside, as outside, so is inside, right? So inner Earth overall frequency is 700, which is enlightened. Relationships uh, are being viewed from a frequency of enlightenment, 750. Personal growth is at 950, which is, again, enlightenment. Creativity, 450, which is intellect. So they're creating from their intellect. Intuition is 750, enlightenment. Uh, 
Alignment with divine purpose, 94%. Alignment with personal purpose, 99%. Integrity is 93%. Compassion and empathy both are at 100%. Energy purity is 85%. And then it operates in the dimensions fourth through seventh and 93% in the seventh dimension. Okay. Um, what is remarkable here are the soul frequency is enlightened relationships are super enlightened personal growth is almost flatlining at divinity creativity is laudable intuition is highly enlightened divine purpose 94 personal 99 integrity 93 those are all good numbers aren't they compassion and empathy 100 energy purity 85 dimension fourth to the seventh what is your takeaway on the agathans I mean, uh, beautiful, enlightened beings. And actually reminds me of the reading we did with Pleiadians in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very right. similar. Pleiadians. Let's jump to that. Um, just for the, just for the audience, yeah. let's quickly jump to the Pleiadians. Mm. Um, give me a second. There we go. Boom. So here's the Pleiadians, soul frequency, 700, relationship, 700, personal growth, 800. Creativity, nine. Wow, super high. 900, super high. Intuition, super high. Divine purpose, 100. And all the other vectors, 100%. And dimensions, 9th, 10th, and 11th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, very... Similarities, yes. Very similar. So, it's, it's almost like the Palladians beam... They're energetic into the central sun. Did you manage to do the central sun yet? Yes, we did. We just measured the frequency of the central sun. And we Can measured we... the frequency of our sun. Yeah, it's 10,000. It measured at, at the frequency of 10,000. <laughs> so uh, central sun and the, our sun is both. They're the same, identical. Fantastic. Oh, that is just such good news. So there you have... A perfect example. In fact, you have the Alpha Omega example there of phase conjugation. I cannot be happier with what you've just said. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that the, the central sun, the inner sun of the inner earth, and the solar system sun are both at 10,000, which is a maximum. That's the highest reading you've taken on anything. So far, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How exciting is that? I mean, Dan Winter, I'm going to share this information with the one of the greatest uh, physicists in the world, Dan Winter. In fact, I, I definitely want to bring him in on a show with you guys. Got to do that. Got to do it. Dan has been telling the world so much of this hyperdimensional physics for so long. He's an iconic figure, very dear friend. But I think that if Dan came on and did a show with, with us, and I'm asking the audience, many of you are going to know who Dan Winter is. You want us to do a show together with Alejandra and Elena? Because Dan can decode in maths and physics so much of what your readings are, and he'll explain the correlations so much better. I'll just have to shut up and look embarrassed on the side okay. if I put you guys together. <laughs> but I am so, so thrilled. I'm going to sleep tonight a really happy man, knowing that the central sun and the solar sun, the, 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 the sun proper, are in absolute phase coherence because that's the only thing that would make absolute sense to me. That That is Alpha Omega point. And so when, because that's the Hermetic Trismegistus, the Hermes Trismegistus, um, uh, as above, so below. The phase coherence between that sun and the inner sun makes 
everything else that issues from it makes sense. Um, and what I'm seeing is that the inner sun, because it is closer to us in proximity, much closer, it's only a few thousand or tens of thousand kilometers away from where we stand on the surface of the earth. And, and so that radiance is what essentially seeds all of the, the inner luminous luminescence of the, of the earth, the, 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 the hollow earth, which we know to be hollow. And then all of the telluric energies, um, which come up through creating the living soil. What I'm always talking about the, the living men and women of the living soil, because I'm saying we are 50% from the inner earth solar coding and 50% from the external solar coding and it's those two maximums that that meet and the kiss point between them is the human being we are the kiss point between those two alpha omega points so i'm very very excited about this i'm going to stop rambling but wow guys i could almost cry thank you uh -huh. let's read the great white brotherhood numbers i asked you for this um please go ahead at first i thought are we jumping into Sharks or <laughs> no, so see a great white okay, brotherhood, wonderful. Uh, soul frequency at 700, relationships 540, which is the level of joy, personal growth 700, level of enlightenment begins at 700, creativity 750, intuition 500, divine purpose 99%. Personal purpose, 97%. Integrity, 86%. Compassion, 89%. Empathy, 89%. Energy purity, 75%. And navigate through dimensions 7th through 10th, and 10th being at 22%. Okay. Um, sorry about the weird pictures, guys. Um, this is the best I could do. <laughs> there's Yeshua and Saint Germain, um, both of whom I love a great deal. And um, wow, so these are pretty, pretty hip numbers from what I can see. Yes. Um, what is the lowest reading we've got here? Energy purity, 75, yeah? Yeah. And highest creativity, 70. Yeah. Any any negatives here you can see in triangulating any of these numbers? Not at no, all. Not no, at all. Really good. <laughs> you see, enlightened or beings that are having an enlightened uh, experience, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to read some background. So, and this comes from Carl von uh, Eckertshausen. The idea of a secret uh, organization of enlightened mystics guiding the spiritual development of the human race. Mm pioneered in the late 18th century by Karl von Eckartshausen. He died in 1803. In his book, The Cloud Upon the Sanctuary, he called this body of mystics who remained active after their physical deaths on earth, the Council of Light. That's what he referred to them as. And he proposed a communion of living and dead mystics, um, which drew partially on Christian ideas, such as the communion of the saints, and partially on previously circulating ideas about the secret societies of enlightenment, mystical or magic adepts, uh, typified by the Rosicrucians and the Illuminati. And you, you've really got to go back um, in time to understand that mind and how that mindset was, was working. Um, 
And this is in the Vic Victorian era, you know, when really a lot of these brave uh, souls who were trying to marry the East and the Western philosophies, they were trying to break down religious doctrine, which they realized had become perverse and completely constricted and frankly satanic. And that's where I love the, the, the efforts of people like Blavatsky and Leadbeater and Annie Besant, who I also think are quite diabolical characters in some way, and the Aleister Crowleys of this world, you know. But in a sense, there was a number of those characters at that time who were seeking to break down the constriction of the Western empirical religious mind, which was really nasty. And they were trying to infuse it with, with more of the Eastern mysticism, philosophy, yoga, and you know, blah, blah, blah. So you have to appreciate that this great white brotherhood essentially issues out of that. But then it's become a, a, a something which many people have projected uh, a lot of plasma toward, a lot of refined prayer and meditation. And, and I'm wondering, Alejandro and Elena, do you think that when you're doing a reading of the Great White Brotherhood, you could be picking up a frequency uh, vector that is an accumulated um, projection, plasma projection of hundreds of millions of good souls and their meditations and their prayers and their incantations? Could we be reading that? Is that what's mm. shifting? Well, we're reading them as a whole, as, as we did for the human collective. So whoever fall into this category was uh, pretty much included. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the Mahatma Letters began publication in 1881 with information purportedly revealed by Kutumi um, and the Master Kutumi. I spent my entire childhood in the embrace of Kutumi. So for me, this is more real than anything. And there was nothing Luciferian or false light about the Master Kutumi. I had very intimate relations with Kutumi. It carried me through, that Master carried me through from the age of nine all the way through until my uh, early 20s, um, literally. So I have a very, very deep connection there. I've read um, negative reflections on what the Great White Brotherhood might be. I think some very religious, Christian religious zealots regarded as being a kind of satanic Luciferian projection, blah, blah, blah. I'm just really interested to find the facts of this. Um, and in, in any event, I think what the readings that you've done, I think are going to help a lot of people um, to assess or reassess um, the Great White Brotherhood. So just give us your takeaway on these numbers. Yeah, this is a, a body of enlightened beings mm -hmm. that are here assisting, I would say, humanity or any human being that wants to connect to them, they're here to assist in enlightening that experience for that person or for the collective. So. And let's let's look at how this these numbers here mm -hmm. correspond to the Galactic Federation, okay? Mm -hmm. Boom. There's the Galactic Federation. So you've got 375 soul frequency with the Galactic Federation. You've got energy purity 47%. And relationship 55 great white brotherhood relationship 540 soul frequency 700 and energy purity is at 75 percent so room for improvement there um presumably we can read it that way but 
here we go galactic federation dimension third fourth and fifth dimension and the divine purpose 50 and personal purpose 93 okay remember that mm -hmm. as we move back personal purpose 93 divine purpose 50 compassion 50 compassion 89 percent here divine purpose 99 personal purpose 97 okay it's so all all around uh, great white brotherhood appeared to be a healthier um appear to be a healthier um support group support <laughs> beautifully put support group <laughs> yes than the galactic federation of light okay yeah, definitely. and as for the um the sphere being alliance well let's not go there all right <laughs> let's move on lemurians mm. okay lemurians overall frequency 750 which is the frequency of enlightenment relationships they viewed through the lens of enlightenment 750 personal growth 950 enlightenment creativity 700 first stage of enlightenment intuition 1000 fully integrated intuition fully channeling the divine divine purpose and personal purpose alignment 100 percent they were 100 percent in their integrity 100 percent in compassion 100 percent empathic energy purity 100 percent and right now they operate between 16th and 17th dimension, 25% and 17th dimensions. So, so these are really good numbers, huh? Yes. Also reminds me of Agartha, you know, the inner yes. earth. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. This particular Lemurian's hair is getting in my face and giving me a, I'm going to sneezing in a moment. But uh, so I, I've, I've, got to, I've got to change these graphics. I'm not, I'm not terribly good at these yet. I'm getting better. So. Let me just give some background here, all right? And again, thank you to Debbie for compiling endless notes here, but they are actually pretty good notes. I'm pretty impressed. I'm impressed. History of Lemuria in 18... No, no, I'm not going to go into the history. Um, witness accounts. There have been many accounts of run-ins with Lemurians or other mysterious beings on the Mount Shasta, none of which have been substantiated. Bullshit. Many have been substantiated. My friend there... Um, has seen them many times. The two early witness accounts created the large movement in the belief of Lemuria. In 1904, the British prospector J.C. Brown claimed to find an underground city 11 miles deep in the mountain full of gold, shields, and mummies, some of which were 10 feet tall. When he told his story to others, the group compiled an 80-person team to explore the mountain for the underground city. But on the day the team was set out, J.C. Brown disappeared. In the early 1930s, Guy Ballard reported to meet Saint-Germain on the mountain, which led to the founding of the I Am movement, which led to over a million followers in the late 1930s until Ballard's death. The belief in Lemuria in Mount Shasta and subsequent witness accounts have been incorporated into numerous occult religions. Um, the Summit Lighthouse, the Church Universal and Triumphant, and Cryon as well. Um, all of these witness accounts seem to happen right after the different published books detailing Lemuria in Mount Shasta were released. Um, there's another account here saying then 25,000 years ago, Atlantis and Lemuria were the two most highly civilized civilizations on Earth. That's when things went bad. And here is the explanation from 
an outtake from LemurianConnection.com. I'm quoting this. Dissension between the two, Atlantis and Lemuria, arose regarding the development and evolution of other civilizations. The Lemurians believed that the other less evolved cultures should be left alone to continue their own evolution at their own pace, according to their own understandings and pathway, whereas the Atlanteans believed that the less evolved cultures should be controlled by the two more evolved civilizations. So their argument over ideologies resulted in several thermonuclear wars which weakened both the continental plates. And when the wars were over and the dust had settled, there were no winners, only death destruction and further debasing of the human spirit to the point that both sides realized the futility of such behavior so okay i mean this this goes on and i'm going to end it there but there's a lot of um um different ideas connected to lemuria and atlantis which is why a lot of people asked last week after we did the atlantean human readings um asked to do the lemurians so if you don't mind I'm going to jump now between the Lemurians readings, okay? Mm. And I'm going to bring in the Atlanteans so people can see themselves. Okay, Drake, where is the Atlantean human? There we go. Boom. So let's let's do this. So Atlant the Atlantean human is substantially lower in resonance than the Lemurian. That's the bottom line, right? Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's comparing love, overall love consciousness to enlightenment consciousness. Uh, but uh, integrity is a huge, of course, difference because uh, Lemurians were 100% in their integrity and Atlanteans only at 36% integrity. And that was what contributed to their downfall. Mm -hmm. But the Lemurians operate through the 16th to the Seven. 17th mm -hmm. dimensions. The Atlanteans, 4th to the ninth. Yes. Um, the Lemurians are 100% in everything from divine purpose, personal purpose, integrity, compassion, empathy, and energy purity. Very different from the Atlanteans. And the soul frequency of the Lemurian 750, relationship 750, personal growth 950, creativity 700, intuition 1000, as opposed to 525. So, okay, interesting. So I wonder, does it make sense to then do readings of Lemuria and Atlantis in their heyday and then at the very end of their civilization could you do readings on those and we can see because if 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 that account that we just read is true and that if they did come to odds and then set off monstrous um you know ballistics weapons mm -hmm. in order to create seismic shift and then destruction of the age would we be able to see we should be able to see that no in frequency that would be interesting to, to mm -hmm. test and see. And then we can share that, of course. Me too. I appreciate because next week when we when we come to Earth and we talk about Earth and the planets, let's let's start on Lemuria and Atlantis and just because that was the last great epoch. And maybe if we've done those, 
readings by next week. Mm. It'll be a great start point when we're discussing the Earth's history. Yes. Beautiful. Okay, guys, uh, we're coming to the end. We have 1,215 people with us currently. Thanks for staying the distance, guys. We've got one more reading, and I'm super excited about this one. Um, and it is Saint Germain and the Violet Flame. So please walk us through these numbers, Elena Alejandro. Soul frequency 850, the level of enlightenment. Relationship 540, level of joy. Personal growth 850. Creativity 1000, which is the highest for the human experience. Intuition 850. Their alignment with their divine purpose and their personal purpose is at a 100%. Mm -hmm. Integrity, 95%. Compassion, 98%. Empathy, 100%. Energy purity, 97%. And they navigate through the dimensions uh, from the 18th all the way through the 20th at 56%. Okay, so um, pretty amazing figures. So today, um, Saint Germain comes in at fourth. We've read the Alpha Centaurians, whose signature frequency was 7,000. The Lyrans, so somebody asked in the messages earlier about the feline people, the feline species. I think you'll find that that's the Lyrans, okay? And we did the readings to so go back to the front of the show. 4,000 was their soul frequency reading. Metatron is 1,000. Okay. The Martians, 200. Walk away. The Alpha Draconians, 200. Walk away. The Venusians from Venus, 55. Run away. <laughs> the Elder Bayoth, 25. Don't even bother to run because he's got you. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> the sphere being alliance who don't even exist in any dimension. <clears throat> cough, cough. 50. Okay. Quickly, whilst we're here, how can you do a vibrational frequency of 50 of the sphere being alliance or the blue avians and then also tell us that they don't exist in any dimension? Well, because thought, thought patterns like egregores create energy imprints in the field, biofield of information in the human collective. So right. it will give us a, a frequency signature, but then other aspects of reading reveal a different story. Mm -hmm. Tied to the intention of the creator, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So Alcyon, 450. Inner Earth, Agathans, 700. The Great White Brotherhood, 700. Mm -hmm. The Lemurians, 750. And Saint Germain, 850. So, pretty good readings there from Saint Germain. And it, it's also, in a way, um, appropriate and timely to speak about the Violet Flame and about Saint Germain. Um, because it's also connected to. Nesara and Gesara, the National Economic, Social and Reform Act, and the Global Economic, Social and Reform Act, uh, aka the reset, the Great Reset, is going to be happening. 
Now, whether that's happening in the next four days or the next four years is almost immaterial, but it's almost certainly happening imminently. Um, and that's because the Ponzi scheme of the global financial system has reached its its uh, zenith. And uh, already the global uh, financial system is inverting. And the U.S. Treasury Department, the Federal Reserve, the Bank of International Settlements, and all the central and reserve banks around the world are also rehashing the game. But it is the purportedly the benevolence of the violet flame of Saint-Germain, uh, which has been the angelic guide in drawing the higher um, expression out of the banker class of humans. And any bankers and people involved in that disgusting industry, that sector, who are divinely inspired and have compassion and decency and integrity inside of them are almost certainly aligned and attuned to the violet flame of Saint-Germain. That's when you body a death, you're the truth of that, people. But that's why I was also keen to bring up Saint-Germain um, as an icon and Master Kutumi um, at this time. Um, just one more time, just for people to look at uh, the numbers, 850 soul frequency, um, and then you look at this chart of Elena's and Alejandro's, it gives you an idea where 850 is operating just beneath, between appreciation, between passion, appreciation, love, and joy, reaching the maximum of empowerment, knowledge, freedom, enlightenment. Um, it could be that that once we redeem ourselves as a species from banking, from money, from usury, which is the parasitic aspect of who we are as a species, it's a, it's, it's a misstep in our self-identification. The fact that we needed to um, totemize time and motion into something called money and then exchange it with one another and allow that currency to then be commandeered and co-opted by greedy people and, and institutions, which is how all of the progenitors of war, disease and poverty came into their supremacy and, and dominion and domination of the good living men and women of the living soil. That's you and I. And it's a beautiful story in a sense because it's also how, how we defined our divinity against our stupidity <laughs> collectively consensually granting the permissions to bankers and wankers priests princes and popes of, of ages here we are at the end of the great age it's the last show we're doing before the shift point 21st of december 2020 as the camel passes through the eye of the needle and Next week, we're going to be um, Christmas Day, actually. We're going to be doing a show. You know, if you people don't put down your turkeys and your Christmas crackers and join us, we're just going to bail the show after 10 minutes. So there better be good attendance numbers. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going back to our Christmas turkey. But <laughs> we're, we're doing it on Christmas Day and hope that uh, hopefully you'll have some fun um, and send in any um, particular requests. Um, before we sign off, 
can you believe it? I was right. Two hours. We're nine minutes away from this show having been on for two hours. And I'm really impressed that so many of you stayed for so long, nearly 1,300 people. I'm just looking, any comments, anyone has anything particularly insightful uh, to say? Um, okay, good. Everyone's going to be with us on Christmas Day. Well, you're not exactly going to be anywhere else. You're all in quarantine, aren't you? you know. <laughs> You know, I saw somebody actually ask a question if we measured uh, the creator itself. And we did. And actually, we did it based on Hawkins' work, and we confirmed uh, exactly his findings that it's infinite. We cannot measure it. So, wow. Yes. Wow. Is that right? Yes. That's absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm mm -hmm. not seeing onwards and upwards. Lots of lovely, um, um, lots of lovely. That's very kind of you for calling me Saint Germain, Usha. Uh, you're very mm -hmm. kind. But if you can see the guy next to me, he's a lot better looking than I am. He's got, I'm not talking about you, Alejandro. I'm talking about San Germain. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for one <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. That, that's so sweet. We're getting a lot of beautiful messages from our beautiful, enlightened, intelligent crowd. Guys, thank you so much. Really, really enjoyed uh, tonight. Is there anything I've forgotten? Um, now's your time. Speak to it whilst I change our background to the generic background. Boom, there it is. Yes, oh, no, I just wanted to say that we're open to exploring everything with all of you. So, if there's something that you want us to look into deeper, we're happy to do that because we're exploring the galaxies and universes together. Yeah. So, whatever our findings are, we're absolutely happy to share them. We're absolutely not attached to any of the stories, we read from a very neutral place. So if there's depth of things you want us to, to look into, absolutely, we'll do yes. it. <laughs> More happy to explore. Yes. And Very good. Deeper. Yes. Great stuff. Well, we'll see you on Christmas Day. And um, thank you to our beautiful audience. Been great thank stuff. Uh, the last two hours have been thoroughly enjoyable for me. And send you love from Balmy, Bali. Alejandro, Elena, thank you guys. And thanks thank to the audience. Thank you. Okay. Thank Bye. You. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Bye.